the third pick in the first round of the 2023 NWSL Draft, Orlando Pride select Emily Madrill from Florida State University. And welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show. It's been a, a whole year since we recorded last. I know that joke's going to be a hit with everyone, but literally since December 23rd or 24th of 2022, that's the last time we recorded an episode, and well, here we are in 2023 recording a new one, and there's a lot that's happened both in the city and pride aspects of the world, as well as some other local soccer news and of course uh, what would it be without an orlando soccer show and our weird news and red card slash playing advantage so we've got the whole thing here for you today my name is austin david i'm here with gavin eubank and kyle foley guys how you doing hello hello well happy new year guys happy new year like you said it's been a while another uh, another new year plenty to talk about let's uh let's dig into it literally plenty plenty to talk about we're gonna go as we we tend to do in these uh shows where we haven't recorded in a while we just go in chronological order and basically just kind of hit everything on the head uh from when we recorded last to now so the last time we recorded was basically right after the mls super draft so we we got to talk about all the players um i guess while we're on the subject of that super draft uh louis grassa who was the last pick for the Orlando City team in the MLS Super Draft has retired. Yeah, he's he's done playing. He was about to turn 25 in July and he wasn't going to make the roster. He was probably going to be an OCB player. So instead of doing that, he's just like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to retire." So, uh Grassau, the 6-1 defender, he was named to the uh, first team All-American. Uh has retired from professional soccer. So, get that out of the way real quick. On to other news. Pedro Galese, who's, by the way, back in town now. Uh, he's got his visa sorted, so there's only one player that needs to be sorted, and that's the next guy we're going to be talking about. But Pedro signed a new contract. There was a lot of speculation as to will he or won't he, or will he get a better option or better opportunity somewhere else. Turns out he didn't. Uh, Orlando g- gave him the best offer that he could get, and he said, okay. I'll stay here. So he signed with the club through 2024 with additional options for just the 2025 MLS season. So he's here at the very least till 2024, possibly till 2025. And uh, by that point, I think he'll, how old is he now? He's 32. So he'll be 34, 35 years old by that point. So uh, could be a new goalkeeper coming in, but who knows? Yeah, yeah, so. no, it'll be interesting to see what the salary is on that because that was obviously the big thing that was holding this deal up for so long was, you know, he wanted more money. He thought he was worth, I think he was on, what, six, seven $700,000 about coming into this season. So, I mean, if they wanted to keep him and that was already what he was making, he probably got a pretty decent little pay raise there. Um, so that'll be interesting to see around May. That uh, salary drop. Comes yeah, out. The, the 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 traditional salary dump that they always yep. tend to have. Um, people often forget that uh, Galese is a MLS Save of the Year award winner, uh, as is Orlando City tradition. 
at least one goalkeeper has to win save of the year. Yeah, you know, Orlando, they have one trophy officially. Well, two officially if you count the famed uh, Orlando Invitational. Um, but yeah, that the other one that they're always in is that goalkeeper of the year. That's yep. the one constant. Not goalkeeper, save. Just just a save, save in general. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Or save of the week when they used to do that. That was, I mean, if you count save of the weeks as, as trophies for Orlando City, whew, boy, they, they have a stacked trophy case. If You know, it's funny when you look back on it and just think about like, Orlando's had what four, five, six different like starting goalkeepers, like consistent, like normal, everyday guys, and they weren't really like great goalkeepers, but they faced so many shots that they every now and again they would just make that stupid save that got them on the highlight reel, and it was just every year, at least a couple times, you'd get it from Tally Hall, uh, and Joe Mendick specifically. Mm-hmm. You guys want to know how many saves or shots faced? Uh, some of these guys had. It is really, know, it really wild. Traditionally, it was like a lot. <laughs> traditionally, it was like the top three or four, top three or four in the league. For it, total, in Joe Bendix's ninety-two appearances for club, he faced four hundred and eighty-eight shots, saved uh three hundred and eighteen of those. Sixty-five percent of those he saved. He should be legally actually... eligible to apply for like VA assistance or something <laughs> because that is insane bombardment that he was put up against. Isn't that if I'm doing the math right though? Isn't that fewer than five a game on average? I know that's still a lot. <laughs> it's still a lot, like... a lot. Yeah, he 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 allowed 170 goals in 92 games. Yeah, which is less less than two a game. Which again, still a lot, but 1.85. In comparison, could, could have been could have been better. Could have been worse. In comparison, though, Pedro. In his 83 appearances for the club, has allowed 109 goals after facing only 338 shots. So a much worse save percentage. Uh, no, his save percentage is actually 68 percent compared to Joe Bendix 65. Ooh. Oh, he's got to save some more. We got to get that up one more percent. Yep. Are you sure that a rounding error is not being made here? No, no. It's like 68.4. Mm. Ex- he's very uh, close to 65 uh, or 69. Nice. Well, with the new MLS ball this year, the odds are are in his favor. It's true. I will. I will say though, like it's ri- it's written. I don't in the stars yeah. and on the ball. <laughs> One way or another, he's gonna get there. I do think it is an unfortunate comparison, though, if only because look at the backline that backlines that each of those two guys played with. Yeah, is a and even just the teams in general for Orlando. There's a the very clear difference. Yeah, between. The two so i would also like to note one other thing so uh in terms of all the other goalkeepers you know brian rowe and tally hall also are are the the two third and fourth top appeared goalkeepers um brian rowe in his career ladies and gentlemen in 37 games played allowed 57 goals after facing 186 shots which makes his save percentage 69. <laughs> nice. Wonderful. Of course, he did finish 9, 16, and 12 compared to Joe Bendix, uh, 25, 41, and 26. That's win-loss draw in terms of records. Mason Stadahar, who's still on the roster and got married, by the way, congrats to Mason. Uh, he's played 1,000 minutes in his uh, Orlando City career, allowed 15 goals, 
and face 42 shots. He's got a 64% save percentage. So definitely not terrible, but he's only got one clean sheet. So that's that's to be worked on. And then Adam uh, Adam Grinwis, who's also played in 11 games, same as Mason, um, played 30 more minutes than Mason did, uh, has allowed one more goal than Mason, has the same amount of clean sheets, has faced five more shots, and has a 66% save percentage. The big note there, Adam Grinwis is 4-5-2. Mason Stadahar is 4-2-5. Those are short guys. Uh, and I'm then, sorry. Uh, and then Donovan Ricketts. Remember that guy? Remember Donovan Boy, Ricketts? Boy, do I ever! He had uh, officially, per per minutes played, he has the lowest save percentage with sixty. He was the first pick in the expansion draft, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Which was surprising because he was not on the radar no. at all. Nobody expected that. To be fair, nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition either. Do it. I was about to say. Wondering if he's a part of the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects Spanish Inquisition. Uh, And who could forget? Josh Ford, Greg Ranjitsing, and Josh Saunders. Oh, and Brandon Austin. Remembering some guys, as as we tend to do on this show. So Orlando, Orlando City's really only had like two good goalkeepers in history, and one of them never played in MLS. They've had eleven goalkeepers play in net for them over the course of their MLS tenure. Right. That's, but what I said is, in in Orlando City's history, they've had two good, good, like really like like memorable goalkeepers, not just serviceable, right. memorable goalkeepers in the entire history of Orlando City, and one of them was pre MLS. Yeah, Miguel Gallardo, ninety six appearances, ninety three goals allowed. His goals against average was under one and had 37 clean sheets with a win-loss draw record of 62, 16, and 18. It's pretty good. It does It does seem, it appears to be, at first glance, indeed, pretty good. Yes. So hold on. How many shots did he face? Oh, it doesn't, it did, they didn't calculate how many shots they faced back in USL Pro. That's a shame. Cal- can't calculate save percentage if we don't know how many shots he ever faced. So, uh, I think we sh- I think we just say it was ninety seven percent. Yeah, you can't dispute it. Yeah, there's no. I mean, there no... there is math that could technically dispute it. Couldn't be as high as that, but sure. <laughs> I think your math is fake news. It's math. It's not even news. How is math well, news? It's still fake. You listen to your numbers, and I'll listen to my numbers, Austin. <laughs> I I'll I'll talk to my numbers guy and see what he has to say about that. All right, you do that. In the meantime, we're gonna move on and talk about the new Orlando City left back who's joining from Cruzeiro in Brazil. Twenty-four-year-old left back Rafael Santos. Uh, I've been told that it's pronounced Rafael, like a H A F A. So for those who are trying to pronounce it Rafael, uh, do the 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 same thing that you would do with uh, Juan. Instead of Ruan, Rafael. You're welcome. Anyways, he's coming from uh, the Serie A. He is joining through 2024 with club options in 2025 and 2026. He's still waiting on his visa, so he is not with the Lions currently for preseason. 
yeah, why not give a chance to another Brazilian fullback? See what he can do. He's 5'11". He loves crossing the ball. He's fairly quick on his feet. And he's... he's yeah, there was one, uh, one part of the agreement when uh, Flavio sold the team to the Wilfs was that it was contingent on Orlando always meeting a quota of at least one Brazilian on the team. So he they've fills got, that. They've got three, Gavin. Well, so now the the quota was having three on the team. Um, but there's a Brazilian of them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they have Antonio Carlos, Rafael Santos, and Felipe. Felipe Martin. Yeah. Oh, Felipe. Felipe I Martins. I, I haven't really learned learned Felipe Martin is still here yet. So like, is he is know. he the Ryan Fitzpatrick of MLS? <laughs> and okay, I need you to expound on that, please. Oh, for people who may not understand this reference, mm-hmm. is that yes. what you mean? So, uh, Felipe Martins, and I'm double checking like the exact number. So, give me a moment while I pull this up. But um, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh-huh. is a, an NFL quarterback who notoriously played for virtually every NFL team. Like there, there is a he has the record for like most teams he's thrown interceptions for. <laughs> um, like it's ridiculous. This guy, this guy played forever, and he played for so many different teams and was never the guy right he was like a, a stopgap or like would replace someone and would do decent sometimes but was never the guy right it was, so how it was many great. how many teams Just, did ryan fitzpatrick play for total uh, i haven't i haven't put up the ryan hold on you get ryan i have felipe in front of me okay yeah. okay why don't you give me so f- i i believe that felipe martins is is at least as close i would to, s- i don't know if there's anyone who's played for more more teams Oh, Kai Kamara by far. He's probably played for double the teams. You are you are Felipe correct. Martins. Kai Kamara, well, depending on where he signs next, will have played for just about every team in MLS. But he's also been around Kai, for as long as he has been. He is he has also though at certain points been the guy, like been the striker for He was. Like he's, yes. he's had he's had some really good output. It's not he's he's a guy who you remember whereas a guy like like Ryan Fitzpatrick is someone you go, "Oh yeah, he played there and I don't remember what he did. I remember there were memes, but it's it was it wasn't ever like oh he like was delivering things for your team. Yeah. I think Kai Kamara has played for ten MLS teams. Nine. He's played for nine teams. Nine teams. Okay. <clears throat> well, Felipe. Because he did the the crew twice. He, well, he did the he did the crew twice. He did uh, Sporting Kansas City twice. I think. Yeah. He's he's done a a, a lot of moving around. As Kai Kamara. Anyways, Felipe, back to him. I was gonna say, um, yeah, for for uh, he's, he's played for. Well, I was gonna say, I just wanted to finish on on Rafael here. It's um, Hafa, yeah, Rafael. Um, I mean, it You're sounds good. like a good signing. I would think he's probably what below uh, Luca Petrescu on the depth chart. Uh, I mean, I could see them battling it out for a starting spot. Depend, especially depending on how long Santa it takes Santos to get here. It could just be uh, Petrescu by default. I think I think it's going to be one of those things where Petrasso starts because he's been in preseason, and then mm-hmm. it's going to be probably Rafael Santos. Yeah, I mean because he's young. I, I, in the quote here from Luis Muzi, it's uh, technically gifted left back, great touch on the ball, and creates danger in the attacking third with his crossing and set piece abilities. I mean, if he does have more talent and more ability in that respect than Petresso, then I would say that that that's exactly what Orlando needs from the wings, you know, especially in trying to replace, um, it's trying to replace John Moutinho. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. fits well. 
Um, so, and know, he's another years he's old, another like Brazilian Portuguese yeah, speaker. Excuse me. Right. You know, twenty four years old, a minimum of two years, possibly two more. You know, so uh, a guy that could be here for at least the foreseeable future, a good piece to build around there. Mm-hmm. Now, question. Uh, question really quick: Is technically gifted the best kind of gifted? Technically. <laughs> technically speaking, what? technically gifted. <laughs> Technically gifted, is it the best kind? What What would you say, Kyle? What is the best kind of gifted? Well, no. If being technically correct is the best kind of correct, I'm just asking. Oh, you, yes. Gifted, then the best kind. Yes, of gifted. you're absolutely right. You're You're technically it's, correct it's in a, that. It's It's it, Yeah, it's a different technicality, but it is technically correct. <laughs> We're throwing a lot of technical terms out here, Kyle. Technically, yes. Well, let's see. <laughs> I I do have here what the six the six types of giftedness are. If you want to hear them, I don't care enough. We're we're saying <laughs> this. This is, this is extremely important to me. It, all right, we'll, we'll talk after the show. Yeah, no, we'll talk after the show. Okay, it's okay. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll send you some links. Uh, all right, do you, Austin do got you... to rant about all the goalkeepers, but we're not allowed to go off on. <laughs> it's okay. At least mine was. This is relevant. Uh, the, Kyle, Kyle, was it? When we start our own podcast, we could talk about whatever <laughs> we want. This is true. This is very true. Did you peel up the Ryan Fitzpatrick stats, by the way? Well, yeah, but then I closed him out because we moved on top of it. But I can, I can open him back up. Yeah, I was gonna say Felipe has played this. Orlando will be his sixth team, I believe. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick played for nine teams, but also part of the thing with him too was that he um, was never with the team for more. His longest stint was a three-year stint with the Bills. Uh, Kamara did have like a five-season stint at one point somewhere. No, Felipe has only so. been on a team for more for three years max. That's what I'm saying. That's so the very very similar. So very, very similar. Felipe's the Ryan Fitzpatrick of Orlando City, I guess. S- some are saying. Some are saying. <laughs> All right, let's talk about preseason, guys. First off, uh, we talked about it the last show we did, but Martin Ojeda, the new designated player for Orlando City from Godoy Cruz, um, it was a year in the making, according to uh, Luis Muzi, uh, our our own Mike Gramajo, who's hopefully coming back to the show sometime soon. It talked to uh, Luis about how the process was in terms of getting Martin Ojeda to Orlando and yeah it, it was a it was a long road he said it was basically like a a full year when they were talking to Facundo Torres they were already talking to Martin Ojeda and apparently the thing that got it over the line was two of Orlando City's current players which is very interesting but According to to Martin himself, he was convinced to come to Orlando thanks to Rodrigo Schlegel and Wilder Cartagena, who he played with at Racing Club and Godoy Cruz, respectively. How wild is that? Very wild. If it were a water park, it'd be wet and wild. Yeah, but wet and wild closed down, so... Yeah, rest in peace, though. <laughs> Here's uh, some some fun breaking news from <clears throat> Tom Boger. MLS has announced that allocate the allocation order is no longer in effect. Huh. So St. Louis City, who had the top spot, because that was taken away from them, they will retain first refusal over one player of their choosing who was on the ranking list. That's All a right. very MLS thing to do. So MLS rule, I swear, nothing matters and the rules are made up. Yeah, but now now it's just it's open. Everything is is ready to go. 
I think everybody should just get a random veto just in life. <laughs> Three o'clock on a Friday for a rule that was about as MLS as it can get. How does that even? It's peak, peak MLS. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute peak MLS. All right. I'm sorry, Austin. Continue. Um, I was just reading about like the allocation order stuff. Apparently, like it screws San Jose from getting a player because <laughs> like another team wanted the player, and now because they had the uh, allocation order, they were, you know, in the front runner to get him, and now it's like, ah, uh, never mind. So uh, it's just funny that this has just been like randomly announced. Like Major League Soccer has put out a statement on it and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. This is. I'm, I'm sure. I am sure that Paul Tenorio and Sam Stachel are, are celebrating and crying at the same time. Yeah, somewhere this is both the best thing and the worst thing that's ever happened. To yeah. Them. <laughs> well, at least they don't have to keep track of all the allocation order anymore. Well. But yeah. also, do they have to change their name of their podcast, which was called Allocation Disorder? O- official statement from Paul is that don't think we'll be changing the podcast name, though. So Okay. Well, there you go. Huh. Well, I guess uh, whenever Orlando had their high allocation disorder, uh, order, they, they traded it away. And so that's at least they got something for it. <laughs> Unlike Toronto, who had the number two, they are uh, screwed. Unfortunate. Anyways, uh, the Martin Ojeda, great signing. <laughs> How did we yeah. get from one place to the other? Have you have you met us? Yeah, I know. It's pretty much what we're best at. All right. Any 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 thoughts on on Martin Ojeda? I know it's very early, but he he seems like a very good piece for this team well, in the attack can play on the wing can play central yeah i, li- I like what you just when we're with, we're talking about like not knowing who is going to be the firm starter from the get-go like that to me seems like a that's a good it's a good thing that there's some competition with with two where this new signing might actually i mean they're both new but where there might actually be competition for a, for playing time in a way that is beneficial and not just competition because players stink so I, i'm very excited like Gavin said, bringing in young, technically gifted players is always a good thing. And and you know, the club talking about you know wanting to make a push for winning MLS Cup and doing things that are actually like really valuable and good. So I think these are the types of moves you have to make if that's what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited about. I mean, obviously, you know, a designated player, he's going to be out there, but I'm excited about how Oscar Pereja, and I do not envy him in this role. He, this is a good problem to have, is how you're going to fit all of these players into the mid, into the field in general. I mean, you've got um, Fagundo, you've got Gaston Gonzalez coming back, who is, you know, is really a player that is we don't necessarily know what he's capable of. We think he's a very talented young player, and we think that he might be a, an impact player finally getting to join them. And you have Ojeda out there, you still have Mauricio Pereira coming back. I mean, I'm excited to see, I think, really 
you know, and obviously I've, I've mentioned this a lot before, like my favorite times in Orlando City was when they had that attack in 2020, 2021, where you have all these guys that were so interchangeable that everything was so fluid and everyone was moving constantly. I think that this group gives Oscar the ability to go back to that style of play if that's what they're planning on doing. And which was arguably when Orlando was playing their best soccer over the last three years. I'm excited to see what the first few games look like. And, you know, knock on wood, just everyone stay healthy. Yeah. And and again, you know, having Gaston Gonzalez back after missing all of last year, he's basically Mm -hmm. a new signing. Mixed in with Hojeda, mixed in with Facundo Torres, mixed in with Cara, who's probably going to get a lot of service now. Might actually score yeah. a, a, a big number of goals. Uh, could be a very exciting time for the attack in Orlando City. Plus, I mean, yeah. we're not even talking about the draft picks with Duncan McGuire and Shaq Muhammad, who are very good in their own right. Uh, definitely very exciting times for Orlando City in their in their front attacking uh, aspect of things. Because like last year, they struggled a lot. You know, when certain players were out, they didn't have any depth to be able to put players into pieces places and have them play and now they've got tremendous depth it seems so for all these tournaments still really haven't even yeah we still really haven't even seen that much from from ivan angelo either we don't know what sorry even ivan ivan however you pronounce it ivan angulo angulo yes isn't that what i said in Mm. in a way you you said i you said ivan angulo angulo I mean, those are the words. It's how it's, it's out, not so. a it's not an Orlando <laughs> soccer show without Gavin Eubank mispronouncing someone's name. Also, yeah. not an Orlando soccer show without Austin David correcting someone mispronouncing a name. <laughs> it's true. I, I I do like to be correct in those things because I know, uh, being in broadcasting, how much people actually care about pronunciation. Especially yeah, people, like we... players, players' families. They're the ones who care the most because like. <clears throat> That's their kids out there. They want their names yeah. to be pronounced correctly. No, I I used to I used to kind of think it was it was silly to always care. like I think if you if you make a mistake like it's not a malicious like nasty thing like it, mistakes happen whatever. But I've definitely kind of realized after talking to people with like ethnic names that are have that are typically pronounced wrong. I'm like, oh yeah, it, it's not that hard to just try to learn to say it right. If you're gonna mess it up, it happens. But yeah, it's it's. It, at least it really make it matters effort. to people. Yeah, it really matters to people, and so I think that should also. That, right. I think that then. In my matter. defense, he also did not play a lot last year. Therefore, I did not hear his name a lot to be uh, on my mind. But I agree with what you're saying hold because on, hold, as hold, an award-winning pod, as an award-nominated podcast, you got to get the little things right. Gavin, I I regret to inform you, he did he did play in nine games, so it was about the third of the season. Ten matches that, actually, Austin. Ooh. Well, nine. Now. Sorry, he played in <laughs> nine MLS games and one playoff game. That's not yeah. even counting all the games that he played in the uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, league or the U.S. Open Cup. That's what I meant. How many of how many of those appearances were starts and how many were off the bench? Like it, the the oh, minutes matters. Uh, well, the he, bench. Yeah, he only he only played in one game in the U.S. Open Cup, so he played eleven total games with seven of them being starts. Okay, because so he played seven hundred minutes, which was actually what? just it was three hundred minutes less than Andres Perea. 
So I'm I'm seeing on transfer market, and I, whatever you're looking at is probably more accurate, but 548 MLS minutes. Yep. And 83 Open Cup minutes. Uh, plus playoffs. Oh, plus playoffs. You're right. Plus 70. I see. Yep. Yep, 77 MLS minute, uh, playoff minutes plus 83 minutes in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, so just to give it in perspective here, Gavin, I, uh, Ivan Angulo played uh, more minutes than uh, Sebas. He played almost <laughs> the same amount of minutes as Jake Mulraney. And it's kind of a miracle that he was forgettable for almost 700 minutes, though. Yeah. 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 Uh, he played more <laughs> minutes than Nico Joachini. He played more minutes than Sylvester van der Water. <laughs> he played more minutes than Tesho. Played more minutes than Vilder, Cartagena. That's a name I haven't heard in a while either. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, there, there you go, Gavin. That's uh, Yvonne Angulo for you. You're welcome. Awesome, you know, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yvonne Angulo. <laughs> You'll never get it wrong again. <laughs> no. I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 all asking a little bit too much here. Come on now, we, yeah, we all know. The cart we all know better. How long did it take me to get Ararujo? A little too. We, long. Yeah, you still don't. You're still not even getting it fully. But anyways, Cesar Araujo. Araujo. That's what I did. Araujo. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> folks, it's it. We're back. We're we're back in in. Early we're in preseason season form. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Yeah, there let's you go. put it that way. Yeah, we're still getting uh, up to match fitness. Hey, speaking of preseason, the schedule for Orlando City's preseason is out. They are heading mm. to IMG Academy starting next week for a full week of two and three a day practices. It's going to be intense. It's going to be hard, and it's going to be kind of nice because it's it's some good weather out there. So uh, they're going to be playing a, a couple closed door scrimmages, which are not on the calendar because. Well, it's just going to be on against the teams that are going to be out there. They're nothing official, and nobody's going to be reporting on it. So uh, you won't even know it's probably happening. And that's that's pretty much it. Then, once Orlando City gets back on January 28th, they're going to be playing a midweek scrimmage against Adrian Heath's Minnesota United on February 1st. Closed door, of course. Then that Saturday, they're playing FIU, also closed door scrimmage. The next Tuesday, February 7th, a closed-door scrimmage against To Be Announced. They have not actually figured out who they're going to play yet. Then that Saturday, they're playing the Colorado Rapids in a closed-door scrimmage. Then another Wednesday scrimmage against Stetson University. And then finally, rounding out that week, they're going to be playing against the New England Revolution. This is open to the public at Exploria Stadium. And not only that, but they're going to be announcing the new kits on that day now uh i have seen the 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 kit i'm sure a lot of people have seen the leaks for the kits as well they're not exactly what the leaks show they're close though so you kind of get an idea of what they look like so um from what you can see based on the renderings from the fans what are your thoughts on the key nice i mean i think it's nice and slick and it, it's definitely sharp um i haven't been a fan of most of the kits but you know they're just not my not my exact style you know the 2017 was probably the closest one but the collar kind of killed it for me um 
But this will be this will be nice, and it's got the gold in it. It's got the most gold that we've gotten so far, so that's important. Yeah, um, I have also heard a rumor. This is just a rumor that Orlando will be getting another kit at some point in the mm-hmm. next year or two, and it's going to be referring back to the old days. That's all I know, or that's all I'm so allowed to say. They're finally going to do. They're finally going to do a legacy kit. That's what I'm hearing. I guess, in a way, one would make sense if that was something they were looking at next year. Yeah, well, the prior ownership did not like looking back at the past, and the new ownership is very much pro-history. They they like being mm-hmm. a, a club that has been founded on the, on the uh, I guess, the quote-unquote backs of Orlando. So they like to be able to pay homage to it, and in doing so being able to release a uh, kit showing that. So don't know the timeline for it, but uh, once I do, I will let you all know. So very exciting times for Orlando cities and their kits. Uh, outside of the preseason schedule, uh, their, their first game of the season is obviously against the Red Bulls on Saturday, February 25th. Um, outside of that, they, uh, they transferred Jake Mulraney. Who? Exactly. I mean, we did just talk about Jake yeah. Mulraney and how many games he played and started. He did not provide. I don't think he provided a, a full assist. I think he, he scored a goal against Miami, but it didn't actually count because it was an own goal. He just put the ball into the box. Um no, in his 18 games, he had zero goals and zero assists. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm i on the record. I'm on this podcast. I wasn't necessarily a big fan of his. I didn't think he provided almost anything to the field last year. And given that the team does have, you know, depth now at that position, at his position, you know, moving on and saying, hey, you know, if you've got somewhere else you want to go, we are here to make that happen. So, mm-hmm. works out works out for all sides best of luck yep. now uh the last thing for orlando city before we move on to the pride is there is a rumor and i have heard there is it's pretty advanced uh in terms of their their sale and their their agreement it's just waiting on visa stuff that orlando city is going to be bringing in a 21 year old striker by the name of romario enrique as a u22 initiative uh, as a backup striker, they're going to be paying a $3.5 million transfer fee. <laughs> interesting. Now, it, it is interesting in that regard. But it also makes you wonder if they have something else in place regarding Urkin Kara. I don't think so at this point. Maybe not at this point. Maybe not this year. Saying, all right, you've got, you know, the summer window. We don't, you know, it, very clearly they're they're making up plans based on what they saw last year to say maybe this isn't going to be the right fit. He's, you know, if the summer rolls around and he's still not working out, all right, we're we're going to start aggressively shopping him at yeah. that point. Uh, listen, it, but having competition is not a bad thing. No, no, no. When, and having a plan when when you have bringing in young strikers to 
possibly potentially replace a, a somewhat older one. Like that that makes sense. The squares, right? Yeah, and, 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 and yes, having having depth is very good. We like that. Yes, depth is always good. Um, replacing a twenty-one-year-old with a bevy of upside, uh, with well, replacing Tesha with that uh, is definitely something that is preferable. Tesha was. Uh, on his way out and now this kid's on his way up so there you go yeah all righty then that's all for orlando city in terms of their preseason stuff looking ahead into the season the league's cup groups have been announced and orlando is going to be in the same group as santos laguna and the houston dynamo all these games are going to be played in late july of this year. So the league is going to come to a standstill while these games are going to be played. And that means Orlando City is going to be... <sighs> I'm not exactly sure how they're playing these games. Do they announce that? Is it like... What do you mean? Home, are, are they home and away for both games? Um. Well, all of... Like you said, all the games are in the US. Um. I would think maybe either that or there's a hub because all these teams are split into like certain Groups. conferences so yeah. they are south two i think south um it does say orlando city to host santos laguna and houston so and orlando orlando no not fc dallas houston dynamo houston Gavin. dynamo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so yes they, they might end up just hosting the games here and then Santos and Houston will play in Orlando as well. Yeah. It says that in addition, season ticket members. Yeah, so season ticket members get tickets to both home matches during the group stage. So that's that would Santos and suggest Houston. That they, yeah, so that would suggest they, they host both of those. There might be a game in Houston against Orlando, but I don't know. No. Well, yeah, how many games each group will play a minimum of two matches with the top so, two from each group advancing based on points. Right. So no matches will end in a tie if the game is tied after 90. Goes right to proceed a to a penalty yep. shootout. So. That's good. Yeah. So, so if Orlando... So we're playing two games. D- yeah. If Orlando plays Santos Laguna and Houston Dynamo, that's their two games, and they're both in Orlando. So there you go. And then Houston and Santos are going to play each other. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be, you know, we think about from a competition standpoint, they basically get a month off and at the very least, they won't have to travel anywhere. Now, if they move on, they probably will. But either way. Yeah. It's, and and you know, just you're traveling a couple games with the rest of the time off and or being at home. So right. that's going to be good for them. And just to make a note, uh, all these games will be on the MLS Season Pass, part of Apple TV. So, it's just part of the you know bundle that you purchase with. Yeah, I I just signed up for mine the other day, and I just saw that Apple TV actually dropped a four part documentary on the Super League. Um, I was watching episode two just huh. before we got on there. It's not bad. All right, Apple's uh, doing some good work with their uh, their investment i guess in soccer okay well maybe one of these days i'll check out ted lasso too gavin 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 i'll get around to it that's what they all say all right 
That's it for the Orlando City segment. Let's talk about the Orlando Pride. There's actually a lot to talk about with the Orlando Pride. So uh, let's start with, first, who they've brought back. They have re-signed Celia. They have re-signed Jordan Listro, both to new contracts. The only two players that are currently out of contract that haven't signed anywhere new is Tony Presley, who's the longest-tenured Pride player on this team she was there in 2016 when the team was founded and she's been there ever since and courtney peterson who was drafted by the team played its left back but has not been very consistent in terms of her appearances on the field and so uh outside of that maggie doherty howard has signed with san diego and uh darian jenkins has announced her retirement those are the two players that orlando lost from this past season. And it just so happens that MDH, Maggie Doherty Howard, uh, was the leading goal scorer for this team. And Darian Jenkins had scored four goals, which also technically across all competitions led the team. So um, MDH led the team in the league. And then overall, Darian led the team in goals. So that's a lot of their offense gone, right? Well, Orlando has done some work to try and address that not only have they gone into the nwsl draft and picked up five new players including two new center backs which i'll get to in a second but they also signed a very very intriguing player brazilian national team forward adriana a three-year deal bringing her in and i mean she's a day one starter right off the bat 26 years old so by the time she's done here in orlando she'll be just pushing 30 but She's playing and starting for the Brazilian national team. She actually scored at Exploria Stadium back during the She Believes Cup uh, last year, I believe, when Brazil was here and they were playing Argentina. So she's already scored on that field. Very familiar with it. But she's played 143 games with Corinthians and scored 72 goals, which is the second most in club history. That's pretty good. So, I mean, honestly, the, the Pride needed somebody to score, and they brought somebody in to score. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I obviously learning about her through reading the press release that came out. I mean, very decorated, very talented player. Up and coming, you know, she's someone that will be competing for a roster spot to possibly be at the World Cup this summer. So between her and Marta, you know, that's two players that you could be looking at missing some time so from that ex- from that point of view it's you know important to note um but i like you said right away she should s- step on the field and if the pieces are around her to make some things happen could be a good year for her. i i agree with that and it just shows the fact that they're actually <laughs> spending the money that they have they have over like two million dollars in allocation money might as well use it when you can mm-hmm. so that's very exciting. Now, back to uh, the Pride's draft. I mean, this was big. They had, I think, nine picks going into it. They sold the number two overall pick, like right off the bat. And so they went down to eight. And then they, in the, during the draft, they sold two other picks for more money and basically used all that money so far uh, to sign Adriana. Not all of it, mind you, because they had a lot. 
So they still have a lot more to be able to sign some other players. But Pride came out really, really well in this draft. Not only did they pick up some very high-quality starting caliber center backs, but they also picked up some very, very good depth in terms of the attack and in the midfield as well. So let's run down who they picked up. First off, from Florida State, center back Emily Madrill. She's a bit undersized at five foot nine. She can play as a, f- a fullback as well as a center back, but she's very mobile. She has very good feet, and she's got very good positioning. So pairing her with somebody who's very tall and physical uh, could be a very good partnership for the future of the Orlando Pride defense. You've got players like Megan Montefusco, Carrie Lawrence, and even Caitlin Cosme, who didn't even play at all last year. She was injured for the majority of it. So very, very exciting for the defense of the Pride, which, let's face it, they needed some upgrading. Then, that was in the first round. So that was the only pick they had, number three overall. Second round, they picked up the Messiah, Messiah Bright from Texas Christian University, TCU. Uh, A lot of people were making jokes about how TCU, oh, she can't score because football. But, I mean, she (laughs) scored 49 goals in her 102 games, which is basically a goal every other game. And she set the single-season school record in goals scored with 17 in 2021. That was when she was fourth nationally that year. Somehow she slipped out of the first round and into the second. She's going to be a very interesting piece for this Pride team because... She can also drop back into the midfield as well as play as an out-and-out forward. Then in the third round, after they traded away two of their picks for $75,000 in allocation money, they picked up UNC center back Tori Hansen. She was a first-team All-American, contributed to 15 clean sheets this past year, got her team to the College Cup final where they lost to UCLA, started in every single match they played. And again, another center back she's five foot ten can be a very good depth piece for this team may even vie for a starting spot as well and having all of these center backs can also drop megan montefusco into the midfield where she played a number of games this past season and was pretty impressive all things considered all right then the last round they picked up two players one from the university of washington by the name of summer yates so Go figure. Summer coming to Florida. Sounds about right. She was the uh, fifth-year senior, all-Pac-12 first team, played 93 matches in her career, 86 starts, can play as both a forward or an attacking midfielder, kind of floating around that area, playing maybe behind Marta. Uh, Has been called up to the U23 women's national team, but is uh, very impressive, led the Huskies, in goals and assists with seven and six, respectively. Again, good depth piece. And then the final piece that the Pride picked up is, of course, a player who is local, went to Edgewater High School, went to UCF. It's Kristen Scott. Scored 33 goals in her 72 games played for the Knights and was a very big part of the offense this year in games that she was out the offense was anemic. In games that she played, the offense was dynamic. That usually tends to push yourself to thinking, yeah, this is a pretty important piece in their team, so it would be a good player to pick up. And not only that, but she's also been a part of the Orlando C ECNL team, the youth side, 
So she's got a lot of ties to Orlando City, as well as the Pride. She's been coaching some youth teams with the Pride and the ECNL in the offseason. So always nice to be able to keep someone local, uh, whether she makes a team or is just a national team replacement player or is she's just kind of end-of-the-bench person. Uh, that's TBD, but uh, good on the Pride for selecting Kristen uh, into the uh, uh, NWSL draft with the fourth-round pick. <sighs> okay, I've run through everything. Thoughts, guys? Any, any, anyone want to chime in here on the pride picking up five new players? I mean, it's exciting to see the team getting to actually build with a coach in place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there can be a little bit of consistency, so we'll see how it pans out. I, I mean, slightly optimistic based on some of these signings. We'll just have to see how it all actually pans out. Yep. And that's the that's the important thing. All of these things can look good on paper. They're still not done, by the way. There's still some players that are going to be coming in. Especially, again, with, with Darian Jenkins retiring, that opens up another roster spot potentially for somebody else. So who knows? Uh, could be seeing another big name coming through Orlando sometime soon. Plus, uh, coaching staff for the Pride. Hasn't been announced yet, but Giles Barnes is going to be a part of it. I think people already kind of figured that out. Former, former that's, Orlando City players. Cool. Well, guys, um, <laughs> some breaking news. Remember how I mentioned uh, that one guy that Orlando City is going to sign, Ramiro Enrique? Um, so that that's still happening and all that. However, uh, Tom Boggart and Fabrizio Romano, hey, uh, great to have Orlando City getting covered by him. Uh, guess what? There's another signing. It's going to be from Iceland. An international midfielder who's played for the Icelandic national team a couple times. Just just four, but still, international experience. Uh, his name is Dagurdan Thorhalsen. Thorhalsen. Uh, that's going to be a, a tricky one. Just like Gunny Jan's daughter, uh, Dagurdan Thorhalsen is coming from Breidebrik. Uh, 11 goals, 7 assists, and 40 appearances. He is a box-to-box midfielder. Uh, some Icelandic journalists have called him the Swiss Army knife of Icelandic football. You can kind of play in everywhere. Basically, your junior Urso replacement is here uh, in, in full, more so than, than he was before. So, wow, this team is this team is deep, guys. There's, there's a lot of depth on this team now, depending on how they sign uh, their rookies. Man, it's exciting. I'm excited. Anyways, we 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 just just wanted to bring that up really quickly. So uh, let's 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 go ahead and uh, <laughs> move on here. And uh, so, you know what time it is. We've gone through Do just we? about everything. We've gone through just about everything. Orlando City and Pride. There's no n- news in terms of the college realm. We talked about the college draft already for both City and Pride. So. Nothing really new on that aspect of things. However, hold your horses before we get to the the fun stuff. Uh, The Central Florida Crusaders. Those guys, they're starting their season in just a couple weeks. Uh, February 5th over at the Edition Financial Arena in uh, UCF. Very exciting. Indoor soccer is back in Orlando. Uh, they are going to be hosting a men's and women's team. I think we've talked about this many times before, but uh, the season is upon us, and uh, it's about to start. So uh, just a reminder, it's it's 20 bucks to go see both games 
men play first, then the women, and it should be exciting. You know, they got some good players, uh, some names that most people will recognize, some that you won't recognize, and that's the fun of it. You get to learn some new faces and new players, but I just wanted to give that a quick shout out. Now, okay, as I was saying, I guess it's time for our weird news and our red card slash playing advantages. Gentlemen, I know you've got some good weird news. Where are we going? I've got a nice one. Um, so, American Airlines promises flight attendants that if they don't pick it next week, they will be respected and treated with the dignity that they deserve, and they will be given a free bowl of chili. Who doesn't love a good bowl of chili? I'm going to guess, based on how many people will probably pick it next week, uh, American Airlines employees. Probably not the biggest fans of chili. Depends on what kind of chili. If it's Skyline chili, then yeah. I, 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 yuck. Cool. All right. Gavin? <laughs> I got a woman in, uh, let's see. She was in Ontario. She went to, she got so drunk at a Maryland month. A Marilyn Manson concert, almost said Marilyn Monroe, a Marilyn Manson show that she blew up a house, causing over $15 million in damages. While she is suing the uh, concert venue, the Budweiser Gardens Arena in London, Ontario, because that's, uh, they say it's her fault that she was served so much that she ended up going home. Um, the suit claims the company shares liability for the explosion because it kicked her out of the venue without trying to prevent her from driving home. It also alleges that the venue served her well knowing that she was intoxicated. Um, as frivolous as this sounds, evidently the laws in Ontario are actually pretty in line with this in terms of if they were actually you know, selling her way too much alcohol than they should have and put her in this state of inebriation they actually are kind of on the hook for this so it might not be a uh, a frivolous lawsuit here and she might actually she might actually win that's actually insanely wild yeah what yeah, that's that, that she is destroyed wild. four houses and injured seven people and she's somehow gonna be off the hook for it yes wow all right uh, my weird news is a little bit old, but I neglected to bring this up uh, the last time we recorded. And so uh, a hospital was evacuated over an elderly man with an explosive lodged in his rectum. A French hospital was reportedly evacuated after an 88-year-old arrived with an artillery shell lodged up his butt. The elderly man had a World War One artillery shell partially inside him. Uh, it was eight inches long and two inches wide. First off, ow, and apparently the, the patient was doing fine after doctors removed it. There is no uh, reason as to how it got in there in the first place. There's there's no comment on f- anything from the man or anything like that. So uh, why a, a 88-year-old man shoved a World War One artillery shell up his ass? The world will never know, but the world knows he did it. What a time to be alive. That's it's honestly that's incredible. What a time to be alive. Yeah. At least at least everyone in that hospital is alive after all that. Cause boy. Yeah. T- talk about dropping bombs in the toilet. <laughs> I I can't imagine having something 
that large. It was something in general, but especially something that large up my rectum. Yeah. I cannot. cannot I don't know, Kyle. Maybe he was just trying to feel something. Uh, Well, (laughs) yes. All right. And to wrap up the show, gentlemen, any red cards slash playing advantages this week? Yeah, I guess I'll I'll go with a with an easy red card uh, to Vox for Mm -hmm. killing off both all of the NHL sites and uh, most importantly all of the uh, MLS sock most of its soccer sites in general. It sucks, you know. I mean, uh, all three of us have been involved at SB Nation at one point. You know, it's what brought us all here. It's what brought this podcast into existence. Um. You know, I think even more importantly, a lot of really talented, smart, and just overall nice people we got to work with and meet there at SB Nation that run all of those team sites. I mean, since I got into MLS in 2013 with Orlando City coming up and in, I you know, coverage of the league was still very scarce, and probably 90% of it was through these team sites. And that's where I really had to scrounge around for information to try to learn more about Major League Soccer. Um, So, you know, it sucks. I I can only imagine, too, having put so much time and effort into running a a website to have it yanked away from you like that. It's got to be gut-wrenching for for all of those site managers and and the people that have been there for a long time. Um, But, yeah, I mean, people that were putting in all of that work for little to no pay most of the time so it sucks and you know it's a passion project red card to vox for that yeah yeah red yeah right and you know in that and that's the thing and you know we it's it's talked about a lot especially in american soccer you know even most of the most many of the most prominent voices cover this game at least up until recently have covered this game for little for little money spending thousands of their own dollars going to games i mean i've spent thousands of my own dollars just going to games to cover the games you know all over florida all up on the east coast like because it's what we love to do you know we we really enjoy doing it i don't do it to get famous and you know i'm at i'm past the point of thinking that i want to make a full-time career out of doing this i just enjoy it and so do dozens hundreds of other people um and now they're especially this close to the season trying to figure out what they're going to do this year and, and moving forward. And that just sucks. You hate to see it. Yep. I'm right in the same boat with Gavin. It is incredibly unfortunate. Like he said, there we, we all started there at, at the old mainland and um, kind of for, I, I guess a bit of Gavin, but a lot for me uh, helped kind of launch me into more opportunities, you know, uh, writing for MLS, writing for the Sentinel, writing for various other outlets, four four two. Uh, well, that was Gavin. <laughs> you should take no, credit no. for Gavin's writing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying Did you to also write for. I mean, like I, I respect Gavin. You but... <laughs> God no, no. Um, All right, George Santos. I, no, I did write an article for for four four two. It was like a guest, like one one article for them. Top drawer. That's the one I was thinking of. I've I've written for top drawer as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of the name. Anyways, I have a lot of different opportunities and, you know, it kind of helped get me noticed by writing for, for SB Nation as they were growing. I was growing and got me involved with the club, too, you know, working for Orlando City 
as their staff writer. So, uh, props to props where props are due. You know, um, they'll they'll figure out a way to to get things back on their feet and kind of exist in some way, but it won't be the same. And uh, you know, I feel for everybody, not just within the team sites, but also within the general soccer sites, because who knows what the future holds for that and how they're going to approach it man it's it sucks it sucks and and as as soccer continues to grow in the u.s it feels like the coverage of it continues to shrink espn's not going to be covering soccer they don't they're not going to carry any mls games sb nation's not covering soccer anymore a lot of the newspapers are cutting soccer from their budget like it just feels like where are we where are we heading now yeah and, and, and these blogs like i said not only were they the main focus of local coverage back then, they are still very much that now, you know, like I, it's tough to think about where even Orlando city coverage has been, you know, they had a full-time beat writer for the first several years and now it's unpaid or very low paid freelancers. And that's 90% us, you know, like, who's who's going to training and putting out the news is you and Mike mm-hmm. and you don't you're not full-time beat writers you're not working for big publications um I mean you know writing for the Sentinel but you know in in lesser capacities than they have employed before and it sucks and soccer in this country especially when you think about how far it's come all of the money that's being invested into the game right now two and a half billion dollars that apple is putting into major league soccer the 300 350 million dollar expansion fees that are being paid out the the world cup that is going to be here in four years will be the biggest world cup the biggest sporting event probably that this country has ever seen and yet no one can afford people to cover this game how does that make sense? It does not. Sad times. But we'll see. It's still and That's not even mentioning all of the broadcasters that just lost their jobs yeah. with all, you know, that work yeah. for clubs all throughout the league. Yeah. Um I think the way they're going to be doing it is is a lot of teams are moving their their broadcast crew to their radio crew so they can at least still hear, you know, have a, a local broadcast. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I, uh, depending on how these, these Apple crews work out and, you know, depending on who's running the Orlando city broadcast, um, cause you can listen to those, those radio streams as like alternate audio mm-hmm. during games. Um, so that'll be a good option for fans. Yeah. That That's for sure. There you go. Cool. Kyle, do you have any, uh, red cards slash playing advantages for this week? I feel, I feel bad following this up with a, like a not <laughs> serious one but i mean it's mainly just a it's a it's a both it's a it's a All twofer right. kyle's actually giving a playing a... advantage to vox for making the cuts no <laughs> god no god no uh, no as as we have learned on our own end trying to figure things out for the future and like the the soccer coverage world is very it's very hard um there's so much money involved in the clubs and in all of the tv deals but yet nothing for actual coverage sucks but no i'd I'd like to play speaking of people who have lots of money and don't like to use it i'd like to both play advantage to the pittsburgh pirates for re-signing andrew mccutcheon and i would like to both retroactively red card again and just give them another one for the fact that he was traded away in the first place several years ago and that bob nutting still owns the team 
because he is worth lots of money and uses none of that money. But I'm really happy Andrew McCutcheon's back. They're actually doing his uh, live welcome press conference now that I'm somewhat paying attention to. He's what got me to somewhat care about baseball. The Pirates had the first winning season in my lifetime when he was there. And uh, so it was a bummer when he left. I kind of stopped watching baseball after that. Pirates also went back to being terrible after that. I don't think Pirates are going to be great now, but then I made Andrew McCutcheon back, so it's pretty cool. I may even go to Tampa to see a game when they come down, and I, my feelings on Tampa are well documented. <laughs> so play advantage to him for resigning, playing advantage to him for coming home, and red cards all around to the Pirates and Bob Nutting for making him have to have a welcome home signing because he should have never left. Fair enough. Well, guys, I think that's uh, that's it. That's the end of the show. Any, any, if any, that's one down forever, guys. We're done forever. Got, we're done for this week. Done for this week. Uh, oh. Whether we be back next week or the week after is TBD. Uh, as we continue, I do to have ramp up, kind of one uh, one what? last note. If you want to throw it in there, uh, oh, Benji Michelle, oh. off to a great start with his new club in Portugal. Uh, Brian Scaretta posting out here on twitter uh last week he played 23 minutes in his debut and uh, drew an equalizing penalty today he came off the bench in the 74th and scored the final goal of a four nothing win hmm. so his first goal out there uh congrats to benji oh red 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 nice. card to google for putting benji's picture as Juan's. <laughs> like come on guys that's a red card for uh, anyone trying to put Juan in such a stature as Benji Michelle. Yeah, they use they use Juan's picture for Benji Michelle. Like though you worded that was a little confusing. Yeah, sorry, they used who yeah. Juan's picture for Benji Michelle. If you click on uh like on the on the on your phone, if you go into like FC uh Aruka's like game sheet and you go to Benji Michelle, it just shows Juan's picture. Which, you know. Great great job, Google so funny love it good job yep. all around anyways congrats yep. to benji like i said we'll be back either next week or the week after as we ramp up stuff from preseason to regular season so with that thanks to kyle and gavin i'm austin we'll see you next week or the week after bye <laughs>